Hello, hello, and welcome to yet another exciting episode of Skeptics and Seekers. I'm your host, David the Skeptic, and I'm joined by my good friend, Brian, with a Y. How you doing, Brian? David, my worship, how are you? Oh, God. This, <laughs> this interview is over. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Yeah, you know, if you didn't want to do the interview, you could have just said so. <laughs> throw, throw your script in the trash, David. I'm here to I'm here to turn things over. Jeez, if I had had a plan, it's it's busted now. <laughs> so exactly. Um, I I know why he called me uh, his worship. It's it's the hat. Looks a lot like a pope hat. Um, it's not. It's it's my Christian hat. You can see the cross on the front of the hat. If you turn your head like this, um, yeah, that that oh. crosses a that crosses a skew. I'm not sure that would qualify. <laughs> well, but you know, it's got the skull uh, in there indicating death, and um, Christianity is, uh, and then there's an X going through the death, and so what that implies is a denial of death. No death here. Christianity is at its heart a denial of death cult. So I can't yeah. think of a better Christian hat. Yeah, this is uh, this is true. I, I think there's not enough Christian pirate crossover in the world. So yeah. <laughs> I I encourage this. I, so just before we started, I uh, informed Brian of what is patently obvious to all of my listeners is that I don't have a plan. Uh, this should make that very clear. <laughs> just go where the conversation goes. Uh, Brian, uh, straight into it. If there was a God uh, and you knew about it, you I not look. I don't care what the evidence was that made you finally know it. You just finally know it. You finally believe it. You're sure of it. Uh, and it is um, the best version of God you can imagine. For anyone keeping score, I change up the question just slightly. <laughs> Every show, <laughs> um, so I'm already I'm already off kilter. I got to change my answer now. <laughs> this is the best version. It doesn't matter if you've heard of this version of God. It doesn't matter if anyone has presented this version to you. Your imagination of the best version of a God. Would you worship it? Pragmatically speaking. I absolutely would. I didn't see that coming. I feel like I took a bet with somebody uh, <laughs> that you would absolutely not worship under any circumstances. Sarah's the one I, I thought I could get to uh, worship a God. I was not expecting this here. Now I've got a reset. This is why I don't plan people uh, because right. that page and, and, and notes I, I, will be out of the window. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to leave you too, uh, you know, too off balance. Uh, there are some assumptions built into why I give that answer, and if you remove we're, those assumptions, it would change. So we can we're, look, we can go into. We're obviously going to get into these assumptions. <laughs> I just got to take a drink. Is okay. that a, is that a, a grog? Is that a pirate grog you're drinking there? Or uh, it is. It um, it absolutely is. You can. Uh... See, it's the choice of pirates worldwide. Um, yeah, so there is a type of God that you would worship, and there's a type of, there's a definition of worship 
that you would find um, palatable and um, there there are some caveats to that. So we've we've got a lot to unpack here. Let's start with the definition. What 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 is it that you would do when you say you would worship? What is what does that mean? So as I understand worship, it's basically slavish adoration delivered in any different mediums, be it prayer or singing or reading or celebrating uh, you know, church service with other people, you know, any and all of the above. But, but I also think that in the Bible, it talks about how God says that you know, every deed, every action, every thought you have is an act of, of devotion to him because it wouldn't have been possible without him. So theoretically, everything I do all day, every day would be worshiping God. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to call a cheat. That sounds, <laughs> that, feel, that feels like a cheat. Um, because worship, you would just be passively worshiping just by being alive. For most, uh, for most, of, for most of my life, yes. Because, I mean, yeah. when I was a Christian, we went to church on Sunday mornings. There was youth group on Friday nights. There was a Wednesday night Bible study. Um, you know, and how, how much of the week does that take up, right? I mean, I, I was not expected to be doing those things every second of every week. I was going to school. I was eating. I was playing sports. I was watching TV. You know, to the best of my knowledge at that point, I was not expected to be worshiping every second of those days unless those things I were doing so long as I was doing them in the spirit that God wanted would qualify as worship. So I either was worshiping every second, no matter what I was doing, or I was allowed downtime to do things that I wanted to do in my earthly pursuits. Okay. So there is this one passage, I want to say second Thessalonians, blah, 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 uh, that says could be first Thessalonians pray without ceasing. It's a short passage. Um, and that's a nonsensical passage taken literally, unless you kind of change up the definition of prayer as being always prayerful, whatever that means. Um, and so I suppose you can do that with worship. You can uh, be always worshipful. I'm uh, reminded of a passage in Romans that talks about your life being a living sacrifice to God, um, your body being a temple um, of God, and you should live it as a living sacrifice. So um, I suppose there is a sense where I can buy that if what you're saying is you have actively devoted or dedicated your life to a God, and therefore the passive things that you do in your life are a part of uh, that active dedication that you made at some point. Does, does that encapsulate what you're suggesting? Yes, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm not willing to abdicate everything in my life to this purpose, but to the extent that it's consistent with and approved of by the deity, then yes, the things I would be doing in regular life would qualify under that definition. Right, because you've dedicated your life. Right. Um, 
Okay. Right? If I did these if I did these same things while being a, in a staunch anti-theist, then they that wouldn't qualify, right? So it's something about it's something about the not doing. It's about the attitude and the positioning and whatever you know professing of creeds is required. That I think sure. is, it drives drives the boat in the beginning. Okay, um, so there is a type of God you can imagine to whom you would dedicate your life. Um, I mean, before getting into that, um, is there any any human uh, to whom you would dedicate your life? Uh, or is, yeah, it, or is it just a God? Okay, tell me, tell yeah, me absolutely. other circumstances where you would do this thing that you consider worship. Sure. So, I mean, I obviously my family would qualify, right? My wife and kids, I would say, have a similar um, vein to what I'm talking about, right? I mean, everything I do is to make sure I'm the best husband and father that I can be. And that doesn't mean I succeed all the time, but I'm not actively going out there to thwart being a good husband or thwart being a good parent. So, you know, to the extent that I am those things, then everything I do is, is partially in service to that, to those, uh, those roles that I've uh, willingly accepted. Okay. So if you have multiple groups, let's just stick with the two, uh, mm -hmm. this hypothetical God and your family, you, you've dedicated your life to both of them. You only have one life. What, happens when there's a conflict who who wins yeah that's that that becomes difficult right so i i would again with, with that we haven't gotten into the assumptions yet right right but at the end of the day i would i would have to say that god would win because you know the main assumption which i'll reveal here is the downside of not worshiping the god is it, it's it's so unimaginably horrible that I would just be pragmatic choice to choose that path. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll allow that. I really don't have any choice because <laughs> it's your answer. It's not like I can <laughs> remove it. Um, and again, right, the, we're the, the, the devil, the devil is in the details here, right? right. We're going we're we're to flesh we're, that out. Don't, don't worry. I'm not going to sleep on, on that one. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just working. I'm just clearing the path before we get there. Um, okay. Now you, you realize that your definition uh, of, of worship being a type of dedication, I, I dedicate uh, myself to something is maybe part of what the Christians mean by worship, but not entirely what Christians mean by worship, because a Christian would not say that they worship anyone or anything, even their families. Uh, and they might say that they have dedicated themselves two things. They've dedicated themselves to their career. Uh, they've dedicated themselves to uh, their children. But even that feels like a cheat because you really are one person and you can't split your dedications. You, you, you dedicate yourself to one thing 
and and it seems like you have to choose um so this is this is where i'm having trouble um with the dedication idea if you dedicate yourself to god then you can say yes but taking care of my family and doing a good job in my profession is a part of dedicating myself to god so I'm not dedicating myself to those things. I'm dedicating myself to God. So there can never be a conflict. God always wins. Um, but if you say I dedicate myself to God and to my family, that can be a conf conflict. And God, I, I would think at least any God form that I know of would say, no, you have to dedicate yourself 100% to me. And part of that would be taking care of, of your family. Do you see Do you see the problem that I'm having with that? I 100% agree the problem that you're having with that. And that probably, that probably is why I'm not worshiping God at this point in time, right? Because there are other factors at play that lead me to not go that way. So okay. uh, number one, it can't be some goofy guessing game, right? We've got to have a chat. You've got to tell me what it is you want of me and why it is you want this of me. And it's got to be something that I can get on board with. If, if, it's a, if it's a goofy guessing game, then how is that different than what I'm doing now? I don't think God exists. I don't know what he wants from me. So I'm going about my life doing the best I can, doing what I think is right. If I'm doing something wrong, he's got to show up and say, hey, buddy, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be doing this. And here's why. So to the extent that my life as a family member or a professional is abutting and, and is at odds with what God wants, We've got to have that out because it may be that he's right. And yeah, maybe I shouldn't be focused on my job as much. Or maybe I'm focused too much on my family and I should be doing these other things. We've got to figure it out and, and work on it together. It can't be a guessing game because then that's a game that, I, that I'm that i you know sure to lose because there's infinite ways I can do it wrong. Okay, so let's, um, let's look at that closer. Uh, you said that... Um, You'd have to you'd have to get some things squared away first uh, before you would begin this idea of uh, worship as dedication to this God. So what are what are the things? Uh, let's just start with one or two that you would need to have a, a concrete understanding about first. What what in fact? might this God want from you where you would say, okay, that's fair. Right. So it would, again, it would have to be clear, you know, do X and that makes you qualify as satisfying the worship criteria. It can't be iffy. It can't be vague. It can't be a, well, you'll know it when you see it. You know, it can't be anything like that. Um, but it also can't, it can't bump into my other duties that I have that I've committed myself to, right? I mean, I have a wife and kids and presumably God's on board with that because if he wasn't, I wouldn't have a wife and kids, right? If, if, God, if God's will be done, no matter what, then I wouldn't have a wife and kids if it weren't uh, for God's wants. So I presume right, but that- he may have he may have only wanted you to have the wife and kids to test your loyalty so that one day he can tell you to kill your kid and leave your wife. Right. And I, again, I, on its face, I wouldn't do those things. He would have to step up to the plate and make an argument for why that's the right thing to do. And, you know, from where I sit now, I can't imagine an argument he could make that would make me agree to do that. 
but you know, in this little hypothetical where I know he's real, I have to make a pragmatic choice about what he's offering and what my alternative is, right? I mean, you know, what if say he tells me to, you know, punch my kid in the face. And if I don't punch my kid in the face, instead he's gonna burn my kid forever. You know, that's a horrible choice to have to make. It's a Sophie's choice dialed up to a thousand. But at the end of the day, the pragmatic answer is to punch your kid in the face if you have certainty that that is the actual wager on offer. If it's the choice between that outcome or the other outcome, I have to pick the lesser of the two. Okay. So I can actually come up with a good reason why you should punch your kid in the face. Um, well, tr trust me, he, he earns them daily. Right, you're right. But I get, look, I don't know your kid and I'm not speaking uh, derogatory <laughs> in any way. I'm just saying that, you know, my mind is twisted enough where that, that example wouldn't trouble me at all. The, the reason I say it though, is because I'm channeling what the Christian would say as they listen to this, which is, wait a minute, you're, you're not actually dedicating your life to God. If you're second guessing his commands. Um, if you're second guessing his uh, moral choices. And so if you're only saying that you will do the things he says, as long as it um, comports with your understanding of what's right, then you're, you're not actually worshiping or dedicating yourself to God by any uh, description. You're, it's, it's just an extension of you doing what you think is best, not doing what you think God or what God thinks is best. Um, so you, you, surely you can, you can see that objection. Oh, yes, of course I can hundred percent. And that's why, you know, the, the, the best you, you told me that I'm, I'm, I'm worshiping the best God that I can imagine. Yes. I cannot imagine a God that would be anywhere near best. If I had to unquestioningly follow orders, regardless of how heinous I thought they were. that's right. not a God worthy of worship. So I'm not imagining a God that would not share with me his thought process. You know, when I, when I tell my kids to do things, I don't just say, because I said so. Those were the worst words I ever heard from my parents growing up. Do this because I said so. Now, um, you know, I am a parent with finite patience, and eventually I'm sure I get there on occasion. But, but because I said so is the worst reason to do anything. So if this is truly a God worthy of worship, I presume he would be giving me all of the, the reasoning I need to get behind it and agree and say, yeah, you're right. That's the right thing to do. Therefore, I'm going to do it. Yeah, but some there's some things that your kid can't understand, you know, depending on their age level of maturity, that sort of thing. And there's some things that you won't be able to understand. And God needs to know that when he tells you something that you will put your trust in him because he understands more. And once again, I, I question this idea uh, that it is worship or even devotion, if it's conditional based on you deciding, you know, to do each step of the way, the best you could say is you would obey a God uh, if uh, obedience lined up with uh, what you thought was good. And once again, that's not that's not really obedience. It's it's kind of like uh, I will follow the speed limit as long as I don't need to speed. But when I do, then I won't follow the speed limit. So are you really ever following the speed limit? Not really. <laughs> You're always driving as fast as you want to drive. Right. I, I think the issue here is 
there's two things at play here. That's there's what I there's what I do, and my sincerity, motivation, internal uh, attitudes about doing them. Right? Mm-hmm. No, there are, as a as a as a citizen of the United States, there are plenty of things I do because they are required of me by the law as a citizen of the United States. Doesn't mean I like them all. Doesn't mean I agree with them all. Doesn't mean I wouldn't tweak them or remove some entirely or add new ones myself if I had my way. But I accept as a trade-off for being a citizen of the United States, I must do these things. This is the type of relationship I'm envisioning with what you're talking about with worshiping in God. If you're now telling me I have to have sincere, uh, slavish attitudes toward this God, then that's something out of my control. It would depend on the situation and what I'm being asked to do and why and what this God is and how he is and what he wants and why. And I can't control how my attitudes will be responding to that. I need to see them. If God's like, yeah, just go torture people because it's fun. Again, I may ultimately do that if it means I'm avoiding hell or hell for my family, but I'm certainly not going to like it or think it's awesome. I I won't be able to control that. I will be like, this is the the most ridiculous, stupid stuff I've ever done in my life, but I'm doing it anyway because the alternative is even that much worse. Okay, right. And so I wouldn't want to say that you have to follow this God the way I'm suggesting. What I am saying is what you're describing then doesn't sound like any definition of worship um, that I can wrap my mind around. Uh, you can be a good citizen of the United, St- uh, the United States. I can too, for the most part, but I don't worship uh, the United States. I don't worship the flag or that which for, for that which it stands. I don't, um, I don't worship uh, the governmental leaders. Uh, I don't, I don't worship the governmental system. Uh, I'd be happy to try some other system. Um, so there's, there's no, um, there's no definition of what I feel to my country that one would call worship, even though I can easily obey enough laws to stay out of jail and keep from being described as an outlaw, if you will. Uh, and so I, I understand what you're saying, that there are, there are ways that you can have a God and be a good citizen in his kingdom. But it sounds like those, it sounds like worship isn't really a part of that. Right. And and what I'm struggling with here is, you know, worship has kind of a, uh, you know, a, a mundane definition. And I feel like there's no way to um, meet a the you know this supercharged version of the definition you're saying. It sounds like it's, it worships impossible for a human. And I use the word worship, but I don't use it in the same way, right? I mean, like there, I worship celebrities, I worship um, you know people that in my life that do heroic things, but I don't do it in the same way that apparently you're talking about it with related to God. So if, if once you take it out of the realm of there's no other a- analog in the world to uh, ascribe, you know, to compare this to, then, then we're on, you know, we're on board and we're just floating. So if that's how you want to talk about it, then yeah, perhaps I don't worship because I don't know what you're talking about. Well, okay. But you have been a Christian. And uh, so you, you do know what uh, kind of how, what Christians mean when they talk about worshiping God. And Mm -hmm. when you were a Christian, would you have said something like, I worship my wife in, in the same way th- that you mean you worship God? Uh, I would say they were similar, but not exact. 
But again, I wouldn't have said that I have the exact blueprint of what I'm supposed to be doing when it came to worshiping God, right? I was doing the best I could. For all I but know, you, I was falling. You did realize it short. was something. You did realize though that it was something different, something, something different than say worshiping a football player. Uh, yes, yes, I would, uh, but um, but not completely unsimilar, right? I mean, it, it's you know, so you know, God created me, gave me life, gave me all these goods. So that was the part I was focusing on. But so, so to worship him for those things would be the same as someone who, you know, came to my house and brought me my favorite case of beer or someone that saved me from a, from a car accident, you know, or a surgeon that removed a cancerous tumor for me. I, th those things would be the same in kind, but probably not the same in degree because of, you know, again, in this um, hypothetical, what God is doing for me positively is, you know, orders of magnitude greater than those. Dale, if you are listening, this is the kind of nuance that um, I think you would enjoy. I would be really curious to to know how you sort this. <laughs> so I I you've you've you're making um, good points that I have not thought about, but I'm I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with the idea behind your points. I don't right. I don't think that worship is just different in degree, but the same in kind, you know, generic worship and specific worship to God. Uh, I think that what we call generic worship is a different kind, not just a different degree. Um, and I, I think that Christians would have a real problem, uh, certainly uh, early Christians, early Jews, and, or, and uh, early Christians would would certainly have a hard time ascribing the idea of worship to anything or anyone. Um, yeah, uh, they would they would pay tribute, but they wouldn't worship. Uh, so, for instance, Christians didn't think that Caesar was a god, and they and they didn't worship him as a god. Uh, they they held him as a king, but not a god. If if you see the difference there, um, yes, yes, I do. And 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 to the extent that the worship that we're talking about is different than the worship that Christians are talking about, I would ask them two things: you put the cards on the table and explain it to me in a way I understand, but also show me what you're talking about. Right? I mean, take any individual Christian. Do you really see some super overarching attitude or action that literally is, is beyond comprehension compared to what we're talking about now. I mean, they're still humans and they're doing humanly stuff. You know, I was a Christian for 30 years and yes, there were people that were much more dedicated Christians than obviously, you know, your run of the mill Christian or, or atheist, but it's not like they were a, a completely different type of human being. They were the same humans just doing up. They cho chose to spend some of their time, thinking in certain ways, saying certain things, going certain places. Like that, that's not some monumental uh, difference in, in what I'm talking about and what they're talking about. And if it is, I don't see it. So show it to me, what are you talking about? Okay, I, up, until the, up until now, I have not allowed definitional games <laughs> like this. And I'm gonna allow this because I think you've made a good case uh, for your point. I, I still don't agree with it, but I think it's uh -huh. a good case, and um, 
I'm going to let it stand. <laughs> I might have eviscerated in the comments, so watch the comments, skepticsandseekers.squarespace.com. But at the moment, I can't. All I know is I don't like it, and I don't know exactly why. <laughs> so That's how I know I'm doing the right stuff here, David, when I have you completely off. Yeah, no, this is, this is not going the way I expected it at all, which now makes me nervous about uh, Sarah's conversation because I have no <laughs> – I, I, thought, I thought I had an idea. <laughs> Now, now, you know, let, 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 let me come back to earth a little bit, you know, to, so that you're not so, you know, confused and bewildered by what I'm talking about, right? If you're demanding someone to worship you, then uh, like someone who would demand worship to me is not worthy of worship. That doesn't mean I wouldn't still try to do what they wanted. Like a mobster comes to my business and says, we're going to burn the place down unless you pay us a vig every week. I'd probably pay the money, but I wouldn't think they were fantastic or or morally upstanding or yeah this is a fantastic arrangement i would just do the thing to avoid the house being burned down but i but i wouldn't see yeah the mobsters they're worthy of, of worship they're worthy of this money i wouldn't think those things so any god that demands worship of me i i think would be repugnant and, and heinous so that's different from the what would i then do with my days to try to you know fulfill fulfill whatever you know um you know, utilitarian activity that I'm talking about. Okay. Um, my mind is always being sidetracked by, by the images that come up with the, that are, that are brought forward by the people I'm talking to. And I try by and large to block that out and stay on the track, <laughs> but now I'm, I'm just going to purposely, um, dive into a rat hole it's very briefly. Uh, I've got a safety rope. Please pull me out. Uh, if I, get to <laughs> I won't me. let you drown. I promise. Um, the, the mob boss thing. Um, I use this example, uh, uh, frequently myself, but what I don't understand, um, is why a person would stay in business if they live in a place where there are mobsters who demand protection money. Um, what I would do is promise to pay the protection money and then I would close the business or I would sell it. I would just, I would not be in a situation where I had to pay a mobster money every week. I'd just say, look, I, uh, I, I changed my mind. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want a restaurant. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, rather than going into business for myself, I'll find someone that I can work for and make a decent living. And then when the mob boss shows up, they're not talking to me. <laughs> they're talking to somebody else. Why, why can't, why aren't people more pragmatic in, in mob movies when it comes to this stuff? Yeah. I, I, I think that just shows how nefarious the mob, the mobster project is right. I mean, they prey on people who don't have better alternatives that have, um, non-negotiables, you know, this is your family business that you've owned forever. It's everything to you. And they do this to you. It's not that easy to just walk away, right? What if you don't have the means to get far enough away from them that you wouldn't be worried every morning that your car was going to blow up because you, you crossed them, right? That's, that's, you know, the, what makes it so gross is that, you know, they're not just asking. And when you say no, they say, okay, that's cool. <laughs> no big deal. No harm, no foul, right? No, they, they, they coerce you. And give you no other choice. They make it. They make the alternative so horrible that right, you say, "Well, they, what's the big deal?" What can they do, though, if you are just say really bad at business? I mean, if you're not really bad at business, but you don't want to be in the business of feeding the mob. So, 
it seems like there are lots of practical things that you could do to avoid getting whacked and get out of the contract. You can just run your business into the ground um, little by little. I mean, they can't. And, and, every, they, and, every, and every week when you don't come up with the, with the VIG, they break your arm or break your leg or threaten your kids or, you know, kidnap your dog. I mean, that that's, do you, do you not watch mob movies, David? If the bank forecloses, and I guess the mob is the bank in, in, in this case, but if you actually, you know, all of your staff quits, um, you know, because you're bad to them, whatever, um, your, your food is bad. You know, you you instruct the cook to you know just don't do a real good job. Um, you know, it it becomes obvious that you can't run this restaurant. <laughs> and I mean, the mob can show up and they can break your arms and legs, but they still not gonna get any money out of you. And I would think that a pragmatic mobster would just move on to the next person rather than stay here at a business that has to close. Uh, and once again, I don't see anything stopping you from selling the business. Um, so you sell it and you're you're out. <laughs> so what what does the monster do when you're not in business anymore? Um, it, it, there just seems to be some pragmatic ways to deal with this. And I never see anyone trying to deal pragmatically in a monster movie. And I've watched a lot of them. I, I enjoy the genre. But that's one of those things where it seems like, you know what, you do have some options that no one seems to be exploring here. I, right, I, 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 let, me, let me cap it with this because I think this will be a good segue. I, um, I, I think you're underplaying, in addition to the pragmatism, you're, un, you're underplaying the vindictiveness of what the mob does, right? Like, yeah, they'll move on, but they'll send their lowest level thug to go you know, kill your kids and burn your house down on the way out the door. And then they wipe their hands and they move on. So, so it's the vindictiveness that I think you're missing. But this raises a really interesting point about the difference between mobsters and the government and any other earthly human concern, which is we have options to get out of the deal. When it comes to God, I didn't ask to, to be created. I didn't ask for my existence. He went ahead and did it anyway. And I've got no choice in the matter. I have no way out of this game. He's dropped me into a game show that I had no invitation to come into, no choice to enter, and I can't get out of. And that, to me, is, is the most heinous part of that. this whole uh, contract is, you know, Christians want to trumpet free will. Where was the free will in me having to, to join this party in the first place? Well, that's, a, that's an exceptionally good point. And so I'm going to, once again, sidetrack with a rabbit hole. This will be a shorter one, <laughs> but even less sensical. Um, these rap, these uh, rabbit holes are, these rat holes are uh, ways for me to process. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you are wearing a pirate hat, so they have to be yeah. rat holes. Rabbit holes rat is holes. too fluffy, yeah. you know, positive. Not rabbit holes. Um, Hoss and Pfeffer. Um, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a Zoom thing. It's a camera thing. I, I know you solve the problem by not being on camera. Uh, not really an option for me. So I've got my phone serving as the camera. It's mounted at the top of a uh, 42 inch screen. And so I am looking at it right now, I'm looking directly into the camera lenses, but that's not a natural thing. So if I look down a little bit, now I'm looking at your 
you know, your image, it just says BP. And it's, it's over here to my uh, left side. Mm -hmm. And my image is over here to the right side. Middle of the screen at eye level is, well, just right in the middle. My problem is, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to look at. It is very hard for me to just um, just to stay focused on one thing for too long. And so should I be looking at the camera like this? Does this look natural? Or should I be looking at what would be your image like this? Or should I try to look somewhere in the middle of the screen like this? What what the hell am I supposed to be looking at? I have no idea. I need someone to tell me this. <laughs> So I'm, I'm crowdsourcing uh, this question. If you don't have an answer, uh, will somebody please tell me what the hell I'm supposed to look at? <laughs> so, um, just as long as you're not swinging your head around wildly, uh, you know that that's probably well, the you know the minimum that you got to do. That's how I feel, Phil. I guess I'm looking. At, I'm like, okay, I'm looking at BP. No, no, no. Okay, I'm supposed to be looking at camera. Camera. No, just above the camera. Nope. I've got the keyboard. Nope. Microphone. Nope. I I can't. I just need somebody who does this. Uh, please tell me that I, I can handle the criticism. <laughs> just tell me what to do. And I can assure you, if I didn't have this fake eye patch on uh, or my real eye patch, both of my eyes operate independently. They would look at different things. <laughs> and, and so um, that would be very distracting for the viewer, I, I promise. So. It's it's already distracting to me. Please help uh, is what I'm saying. Now, <laughs> the, uh, the the benefits for me not being on camera is I get to walk around the room swinging my golf club and I'm not wearing any pants. So you might want to reconsider okay. what you're doing with skeptics and seekers. So now it makes me wonder what you're calling a golf club exactly that you're swinging around. But that's, <laughs> that's, uh, as I had to remind uh, the last two guests, the sex show is in April. Uh, so, so maybe this will come up then. I certainly hope not. Um, <laughs> for the for the listeners and viewers, I promise it's, it's actually just the golf club. I promise that's just you know see, David's and, doing and it. Now, get, getting yeah, you see, we just finished talking about the Vindic bot mob boss, and uh, you're walking around swinging a golf club as if for practice. D does anyone owe you money? Um, <laughs> What's, don't tell me. I don't want to know. I don't yeah, I, I don't just I take know. my clubs to the golf course. I take them to my route around the neighborhood to all the businesses that I'm that I'm yeah, terrorizing. That, that you're protecting. That's you know, right. <laughs> in air quotes, protecting. I actually think that that's um, the best point of the show, and I should probably start wrapping up because what what you're saying about there being no way out, mm -hmm. I think that does that does make a huge difference. Uh, so even if I want it to worship, and even if I didn't find it repugnant that a God wanted me to worship, so if I could get past all that, which I can't, um, I still think I wouldn't do it because I was locked into, excuse me, a situation where I had no real choice. So you could be forced to do something that you otherwise would have wanted to do. And the act of being forced to do it 
and changes the whole situation. You know, I, I want to drink this Diet Dr. Pepper, but if there was some law passed saying I had to drink this Diet Dr. Pepper, I would fight it. Does that make any sense? Um, this, this, this idea that you have no choice in the matter, it changes the whole complexion of the thing. Um, so let me just ask, when you were a Christian, did you understand worship as something that was commanded of you that, that you had to do? Or did you think that you could be a Christian, but not worship? Yeah, I would, I would have, um, I would have called it, um, not, not core necessary, but, but asked, uh, you know, maybe I wouldn't use the mandate was probably too strong for how I would have felt about it at the time, but it, it was something that was, that was asked of you and you were supposed to do it and you should do it. And you really shouldn't ask too many questions, but if it's, I never thought that if I didn't worship right or worship enough that I would be, you know, bound for hell or I wouldn't be a real Christian. You know, we, we yeah, were in the. Did yeah. you see some type of worship as compulsory? So never mind whether you did it right enough or often enough. Did you did you think that you had the option to say, yeah, you know, I like all of this uh, religion business and uh, Jesus, my king, I can accept that, but I'm not going to worship. Because right. I, I just I find yeah. worship repugnant. Did you think that that was an option? Probably not, because again, now now I have to reverse engineer my thought process at the time, right? I I would have argued that yes, it's demanded, but it's not really demand because it's something I would want to do anyway. God's so worthy of worship, I just do it, right? So I I wouldn't be focused on the on the on the demanding uh, and the you know the the contract I can't avoid. I would be focusing on the He's so great, so of course I worship. And let's not worry about the fact that it's demanded or required or some sort of non-negotiable. I, I just wouldn't be thinking about it that way. Right. I, I bet that Darren would have a different view on that. Uh, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm now curious to see what he would say. Uh, worship and love are two things that can't be commanded. And once you try to commend uh, it, you guarantee that you will never get the genuine article. I agree. Um, so I, I had... Well, not always, but there came a point uh, in my Christian walk where I became very uncomfortable with the idea that the two commands um, Jesus uh, gave as he distilled the law uh, to to, simp to its simplest form is love God and love one another. And it's love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength. It's it's very specific. And this is a command. This is the this is the first command. And it, it seems to me that if you've got a ruler who is so insecure that they have to command you to love them, then the assumption is you wouldn't love them naturally. Absolutely. That's, I think that's, that's a problem. Yeah. Yes, it is. And it's probably one of the big reasons I'm not a Christian anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I, th I think, I think you've made some interesting points. And I think that of the shows that we've done, if Christians are going to respond to any of them, it's going to be some of the stuff that you've said here. So congratulations on that. Um, I'm going to, <laughs> I um, to please. 
I'm going to uh, let you wrap up with any closing thoughts that you have before you do. I will just say that um, later today, today's Friday, later today, uh, I will be chatting uh, with Sarah. And now I am very afraid. So <laughs> we'll see what, <laughs> we'll see I'm, what I'm happens. I'm looking forward to what she has to say. Uh, it's been a while since we've heard from her. So I think I think she'll have some good perspectives. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. I have not had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with uh, Matthew until yesterday. And I have never had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Sarah. Um, so that'll happen later today. I've had plenty you, of one-on-one. -on -one. You, apparently you apparently have a bias against Europeans, David. I could could be. I, I, but I've had lots of one-on-one -on -one conversations with you. And I thought that I knew where you would be coming from. Uh, I did not. So um, <laughs> that's it. Um, Sarah later today, tomorrow, um, Saturday, uh, it will be the Christian's turn to get in and uh, grill me on some of these questions and take me to task over uh, my answers in any of the participants in this uh, program. Darren will be joining me uh, on that one. That's where we'll see Darren. But any other participants who want to join in uh, on that conversation and allow themselves to be grilled, that is tomorrow, Saturday, at 11 a.m. Eastern uh, time. And so uh, that, will, that will be the finale for this show and I am not only do I not know how the Christians will approach it I don't know how many there will be and who they will be <laughs> so um, they're, they're gonna they're gonna bring their their version of the of the mob enforcers to you David see we've, yeah. we've teed them up now you're in trouble yeah, so yeah um we will we will see it'll, it'll be uh, my turn to be in the hot seat and uh anyone else who wants to come and defend their answers may do so. So um, with that, uh, I'm going to give you the last word, uh, Brian. So, you know, in thinking about whether or not I would worship God, um, you know, I think we touched on a lot of different aspects that play into that. Uh, but if I, if I really had to boil it down, it would be a couple of bullet points, you know, one of which is what does it say about a God that demands worship of you. If you're not willing to consider that, if you're not willing to ponder what it says about God that he's demanding worship of you, then you're, you're just a blind faith sycophant. You're not doing anything that should be, you know, regarded as, as virtuous. You're just an automaton. You know, if, if I was going to proceed with worship, I would need full disclosure on who it is I'm worshiping, why it is they're worthy of worship, and what it is worship is doing both for me and for them. And I just can't wrap my arms and head around an omnipotent, omniscient, all-powerful being creator of the whole universe that apparently has no needs or wants. What's the point of worship with a being like that? It just, it just does not make any sense. Uh, you know, in that vein, a being that has everything, has no wants and needs, what's the point of creating anything at all in the first place? Why wasn't he contented in his oneness? And, you know, from whence does all the, the rest of this come and for what purpose? Uh, so, you know, to me, it's about informed consent. Uh, 
And I just don't see good informed consent offered to me to accept the contract and to be a Christian and to follow uh, the dictates of this being and to worship, both because I don't see what the point of doing it is. And I also don't have the sincere internal attitude that would be required to actually probably worship in the way that this being wants. So, you know, to me, at the end of the day, the, this conversation is only possible because you put on the table to start, we have certitude that this being exists. And this being is definitively worthy of worship, however we personally define it. That's not the real world we live in. So that's probably the main reason that I don't worship is because I don't think he's there. And what I've been told about this being that I'm not sure is there doesn't look like it's worthy of worship to me. And that's probably the bottom line as to why I don't worship. Okay. And uh, with that, uh, everyone have a great uh, a great morning this afternoon. Sarah, see you soon. Bye.